following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Well, that's a better way to ring in a Friday afternoon. You dang right, man. Good on them. That was awesome. Manhattan High girls with an overtime victory over Marysville this afternoon in McPherson. We'll check back in with Mitch coming up in the next hour. He's got his hands full with Mitch Palm developed and this ready to got, go. Not only that, but Mitch got really excited during the game. <laughs> so I want to check. I want to check back in, see if he's calmed down a little bit. He had a good time. Make make sure that that blood pressure is right. <laughs> it's right. I, I had to laugh last weekend. Uh, TV anchor I follow on Twitter out of Denver is actually a Buffalo native. Oh wow! Took a photo of him strapping the blood pressure sleeve ah. on late in the ball game. His next tweet. New high score. I bet you don't. Want, you, you don't want to even see that one. Like, yeah, don't don't write that down. Don't write that down. That's awful. Oh, K State basketball this weekend. Big weekend, really, for both the the men and women. For the women, it's a home game against TCU, an opportunity to rebound after the loss at Texas. You heard from Jeff Mitty yesterday afternoon at this time as we chatted with him as a tip off tomorrow night's at six thirty. The men get going tomorrow afternoon at 3 as they take on Ole Miss in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Here's the thing. Two teams that essentially are right at 500. Cats 10 and 9, Ole Miss 10 and 10. Cats are 2 and 6 in conference. Ole Miss is 2 and 6 in conference. Really? Okay. And it's a road game. Mm. No Selton Miguel which we'll touch on momentarily as Bruce Weber addressed the media earlier today. It's an intriguing matchup for a lot of reasons, but as much as anything, a tone setter, I think, for the latter part of this season. Absolutely. And we'll get into this in the next hour, and that is where are the Cats as we look towards tournament time Ugh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I know where David G's <laughs> view of it is. Bruce did speak with the uh, media today ahead of taking the trek down to Oxford, Mississippi. Started talking about that injury to Selton Miguel, an ankle injury that the coach actually thought might be worse than what it's turned out to be, even though it's going to likely cost Selton Miguel somewhere between 10 days to two weeks on the good side. He can put his foot down and he wanted to go on the trip. So, um, you know, so I guess that part positive, but it, it looks like he's, I would say a minimum 10 days to two weeks, if not. And, and again, I, you know, we'll just have to see how it goes uh, with that. And then Davion has a hip issue and um, that's why he didn't start the other day and played minimal minutes and took himself out. Um, you know, we're, we're hoping by tomorrow it'll be a little better, but he, he was, he was probably half a practice yesterday. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. Bruce, uh, obviously Mike gets the chance here to presumably go back in the starting lineup and help you guys a little bit. What's the biggest challenge you're going to have for him in these games without selling? Well, I, you know, you feel good about him and obviously he had missed some time and he had come back and played really well in those, um, you know, the Texas Tech and, and the Texas game uh, was really positive. The uh, You know, in the Kansas game, 
you know, I, I think Nigel and Marquise were doing so much. He just didn't get a lot of opportunities. Uh, and, and then, you know, crazy, he, he had unbelievable, had a couple of really good practices for us. Uh, uh, as of late, just making shots. Uh, you know, I thought Baylor, he, the first one he took was a little quick. We, we shot too many threes early against them. Um, uh, and, and then, you know, but I thought he settled in and he had some nice drives and did some nice things for us. So, you know, he's a veteran player. He's been through it. This is his chance. Uh, you know, I, I told him the other night late when we got back, you know, I just said, this is your chance to, um, you know, really leave some kind of legacy. This, you know, it's up to you to really uh, step forward and, and help us. He's like I say, he's back and he's had some practices and feel a lot more confident. So, uh, you know, it's uh, you know, I, I hope he has a great positive finish of his career. I don't think it's any surprise that you guys are undefeated when he scores double digits. When, when he's playing, you know, within himself like that, what's what? What's the key to his success? I think some of it, we got to find him. And, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, when we move the basketball, which we did against Texas Tech, Texas, and and keep playing basketball and, and keep that ball moving, that allows, you know, somebody beside Nigel and Marquise to to make some plays. And they can't and, – and teams are focusing on those two guys also. So um, – but, it, you know – all along, we've always talked to him about being efficient, and those two games that were two of his better efficient games. And I think, you know, coming off of COVID, not practicing, uh, you know, I, I just said be simple, be make simple basketball plays, and he did. And I think that's what that you know that's what he has to do to be successful. And obviously, it would help, uh, you know, either of the last two games. You know, if we would have got something out of some other guys, it would have definitely helped. Yeah, Bruce, you feel like you got a pretty good matchup with an Ole Miss team that uh, relies on its backcourt and is is missing Joiner for one thing. Yeah, I mean they, you know, they are. I think the first thing Coach Henderson on the radio last night, he was with uh, on our radio show and told why the you know first word that comes out the other, you know, with the scout is talented. You know, they 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 are talented. They have a lot of good athletes. They have some. Um, you know, guys that can make plays, obviously Ruffin, uh, Morrell, uh, you know, those are guys that can really make plays. They have guys, you know, guy that's been at Duke, they have guys that have, you know, transferred. So these are experienced guys. Uh, you know, they had, they had a setback, lost, you know, lost a couple guys uh, to injuries. And, um, you know, I think they, it took them a few games to kind of recover, but if, you know, if you watch there, you know, they did obviously just beat Florida soundly. Um, you know, got Mississippi State the first time. Mississippi State got them the second time in their big rival game. Uh, you know, they Auburn game, they're up double digits in the second half. And Auburn has to push it. They take Tennessee on the road to overtime. So uh, they, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough matchup. They, they got talent. They switch defenses. Um, I think that'll be a key for us to, you know, our defense has to be really sound. When Missouri beat them, and I think that was right when they had lost some guys and they were probably trying to figure out a new identity. Missouri's defense was really sound. And that didn't that kept them from changing defenses on the other end. So, uh, you know, that I think our, you know, our defense probably was, I, I thought Tuesday was the worst it's been all year. And I, and again, I'm not exactly sure why credit maybe a little bit to Baylor because they're really good, but, uh, we were just a step behind, and, and we got to pick that up.
and and do a great job of of, of defending and and you know so that'll allow us to get some transition, allow us to not let let them change defenses and attack their man defense. How much growth have you seen in Nigel Pack's game in basically a year and a half? Oh, I I I mean he was last year, you know he was a a really good player, a solid player. I didn't think he got enough credit. Uh, you know, I guess part of it, we were so, we struggled in so many games with all the, you know, with the youth and all the things we went through, um, you know, but the, the big thing we've really tried to work on in the summer, spring, summer, fall was, you know, creating off the dribble to, you know, being more confident, taking people. And he's done that. I mean, it, it there's no doubt about that. Um, uh, you know, Marquise has kind of taken some of his playmaking away, but I, I've told Nigel at times, you know, when they lock into him or do a great job and, you know, ball screens with him involved, um, we still need him to create for us and and, and get some assists. I think that um, it, w- it would help us. I think it's the one thing. And even uh, defensively, he's made strides. I, I know we put him on Obagi, and I know he scored a bunch, but I thought he really made him earn things. Um He's probably our best guy at chasing people. Um, and, and, and he's also very good on the scout part of it, the, you know, understanding what the other team is doing and taking their options away. Bruce Weber commenting on uh, Nigel Pack and defense is going to be one of the things to watch tomorrow. Bruce alluded to it uh, in the course of uh, his comments today with the media that he felt that Tuesday night was the worst defensive performance that the team has had all year in falling at Baylor. So you're down your second leading rebounder in Sultan Miguel. Haven't rebounded very well in the last two games. And, oh, by the way, you're looking to rebound from your worst. Then again, you're also not taking on number four in the country tomorrow. Right. I think a lot (laughs) of it, too, had to do with, you know, we kind of touched on it like, their approach, the small ball approach, kind of blew up in their face a bit on offense, yeah. and so I do think that that when you're not hitting any shots, even as a great defense as K State has shown this season that they they have, that wears on you, and they, they, you know all of a sudden now it's like wow, you're starting to look around you're like these guys are big, they are fast, they are really well, they are really good. I mean, really unfocused basketball game. I for one though. I thought that that stretch, we're going to go on four. That stretch, there's no mm-hmm. way we get there. And they go and they split it. So, with that said, we're probably going to be amazing. <laughs> Saturday is going to be K State's going to score 87 points and hold Ole Miss to 40. I mean, it's going to be a blowout. The, the thing that stands out for me as much as anything for this game tomorrow is just. Bruce's view of the fact that basically this is the game to set a tone. This didn't even look at the Baylor game in that aspect, and he admitted that in, in that coming off the Kansas game, he was pointing at this game being the most important of the season to this point. You're taking on a 10 and 10 team. That's an interesting approach. It is. It, and it's. It's it's a, I feel like it's a swing game for sure for them because you have to reset mentally and take on a team you don't see all the time. You don't know who they are. Right in the middle, basically smack dab in the middle. And it could it could change the course for a few games at least. I don't think 
that the outcome of this game can decide the rest of the season, but I do believe it has the chance to change the outcome of a few games here that K-State should have in the Big 12. They should win. I think that it gives them a chance to build that confidence to take care of business and get those wins based on this game. I still have the questionnaire that Mitch gave us going into the season hanging (laughs) by my desk as a reminder because I wanted to go back and see at the end of the year how we did. You called for 500 in conference, Yeah, I remember. I called for 500 in conference. It's going to take some work to get to 500 in conference. Absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You're really look. You're staring down the barrel and like, hey, here we go. It, if it's gonna get better, it has to get better right now. It has to get better Saturday, starting off Saturday. Mitch Palm coming up in the next hour as uh, the Cats get ready to take on Ole Miss tomorrow. We'll check in with Mitch Fortner again from McPherson in a bit. We've got more to come on the game here on News Radio KMAN. R.I.P. Eddie, by the way, would have been 66 this week. Wow. I did not know that. R.I.P. Man, what a player. Just, I mean, that's not even like, that's not even doing him justice. No. (laughs) Like, what a great guitar player. Like, nah, he was in the stratosphere. What an innovator. Absolutely. Besides being one of the icons of rock guitar. Yes. Oof. 66. 66 years old. It's crazy. The, the, the realization that, uh, okay, well, I'm a little off that, but uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you have the added benefit of not ravaging your body with alcohol and cocaine for <laughs> decades. Okay, <and> there <laughs> is that point. So so you're good. <laughs> I don't know if you have, or you or any of the listeners have checked out uh, Mammoth. His son, yes. Wolfgang Stuff, is phenomenal and he did uh he recorded all the instrumental parts and mm-hmm. singing um he did the whole thing by himself now he does have a touring band with him and he is on tour i believe he's a dirty honey he's with dirty honey right now i believe that um that stuff is all good I, i've had a few chuckles at his twitter account when people <laughs> when people complain that he's not playing enough from his dad's library <laughs> he's like shut up i'm playing my songs <laughs> Second hour of the game coming up, Mitch Palm included. KC Police on Twitter had just sent out a note about the Independence Avenue Bridge. Or I shouldn't say a note so much as noting that it's 2-0 and already for the month of January in terms of uh, battling trucks. You know, and, and we watch videos of, like, trucks getting the tops torn off. This yep. just knocked the truck on the ground. Uh, <laughs> it, there is a site for a train trestle in North Carolina, I believe it is, <laughs> but the site is called 11-foot-8. <laughs> and all it is is a guy set up video cameras in his office out the windows and, and films the train trestle. <laughs> 
and you get trucks. Man, you get constantly, trucks. constantly. Uh, anyway, wow. maybe we could do a Mitch Palm for that, Mitch. <laughs> maybe. What's that? I, I'm sorry, I was half listening. <laughs> Mitch Palm for the uh, Independence Avenue Bridge in Kansas City versus trucks. Oh, it's taking out trucks. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I, honestly, I, I didn't even know about that, but I know what DG was talking about. We've seen videos of, I, I think it was actually like, was not like a dump truck where the hydraulic was extended? Oh, yeah. So the dump truck, was like the, the bed was at a 45-degree angle. Yeah. And an overpass just took that out like a sign. That's one of the craziest accidents I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I, it's I've nuts. never really seen one in person, but all the ones we've seen on video, that was in, in just incredible, actually. It's crazy. The one I was just showing, David, of, of this bridge at 11-foot-8 uh, in North Carolina, you could just—it was like a can opener taking the top off. It's crazy because he just grinded right under it. It's that video, and then I, I was telling Troy, there's another video of a train going underneath a low bridge, and so the entire train top just gets ripped off like that, Oof. where it's just like kind of crinkling up, and it, <laughs> the guy can't stop it, obviously, and so it goes for like a mile. <laughs> I just can't imagine going to the office and going, well. I uh, really stepped in it this time, guys. I uh, you're gonna take away my train conductor uh, certificate. Yeah, you're Terrible. in the you're in the caboose from here on out. <laughs> you're loading coal into the thing, you know. <laughs> uh, hopefully tomorrow it's not a uh, box truck versus a, uh, no. a a bridge for K State basketball as they match up tomorrow with Ole Miss in the Big Twelve SEC Challenge. That means that it's time to visit our good friend, Mitch Palm. Yes. You've heard of Ken Palm. Well, that guy. Here's Mitch Palm with tonight's prediction. Well, more like, you know, tomorrow's prediction. But we are, uh, we're 22 hours. Well, let's put it this way. We are 21 hours and 50 minutes away. SEC Big 12 Challenge. K-State at Ole Miss. Oh, boy. This is a real barn burner. (laughs) K-State and Ole Miss. The Running Rebels, are they still called the Running Rebels? Just the Rebels. They're they're 10-10. They're 10-10 on the year. First of all, Mitch Palm really wanted to point this out. Mitch Palm wants to puke whenever K-State has to play a game in the state of Mississippi. Mitch Palm's least favorite state to, to visit. Whoa. Really, on paper, just worst state. And if you look at the numbers here, there's a survey done a couple of years ago by uh, USANews.com that just tells you just how much of a dump Mississippi is. Mitch Palm, listen, Mitch Palm needs something to kind of lift the spirits when when, when we're talking about Mississippi. There's one thing and one thing only Mitch Palm likes about Mississippi. Sage, hit it. Mitch Palm thinks this is one of the greatest rock and roll songs ever made. Oh, Leslie West, tear it up. More cowbell. That's that's a lot better. The thing is, this is just about a basically a boat called Mississippi Queen. The ladies from Louisiana. Did you know, according to usnews.com, 
Mississippi is the 49th best state in the country. 43rd in education, 48th in infrastructure, 49th in economy, and 50th, dead last in health care. Just a dump. Terrible place. <laughs> now, Ole Miss. Oh, my God. Wait, just wait. <laughs> I'm gonna, I got to ask a question Mitch, to Mitch Palm. Has Mitch Palm been to Mississippi? A couple of times. Wow. Okay. Okay. Mitch Palm driven is Driven all the way through it twice. Yeah, driven all the way through it twice. Wow. Um, stopped in Jackson a few times. Oh, my God. Ja- oh, Jackson is interesting. And you had to get out of there. Mitch Palm had to get out of there. We had to wheel Mitch Palm quickly out of Jackson. Okay, sorry. Go Shame ahead, Shame on Mitch those Palm. that call Kansas, call Kansas a flyover <laughs> state. I mean, Mississippi is not only a flyover state, it's a drive-through state. You don't stop. There's nothing there. I mean, I, I suppose Oxford is okay, right? I mean, it's a college town. People do know how to party there. I'll give them that. But, like, hottie toddy. I mean, they stole their big tagline from a drink name, pretty much. <laughs> it's just nothing too original about that place. Oh, boy. Ole Miss is the flagship research university of Mississippi, established in 1844. You know with Mitch Palm, when it comes to these non-conference games, got to dig into a little history about these schools. I I mean, I hate to say it, there's just too much racism around Ole Miss. It really is. From the nickname to the mascot, it's all around the racist history of Mississippi. Another terrible thing about that part of the country, and I think if there's one state that loves its past more when it comes to that type of past... It's Mississippi. Heck, they didn't officially ratify the 13th Amendment until 2013. What? That's how bad it is over there. Yes. Wow. Oh, my God. Mississippi, man. 2013. Wow. Step it up. about a little late to the party, for sure, for sure. Um, I I, I will say, though, Mitch Palm will give credit where credit is due. For those that don't know, the Ole Miss name was used by enslaved people to refer to the plantation owner's wife. Nickname was Ole Miss. Oh my God! That's where that name. That's where that name came from. Believe it or not, but Mitch Palm will give credit where credit is due. Mississippi University of Mississippi has done its, I suppose, due diligence over the last twenty-five years to erase the university from its dark ages, as you can say, of American history. They've banned the Confederate flag. Colonel Reb, who was the former mascot, which is basically a play on plantation owners and what they looked like back in the day. That was the mascot. They turned it into a bear in the 2010s, and as of about three years ago, they changed it to a shark, as in a land shark, as in, uh, that. oh gosh, now I'm blanking on his name, but the guy that, uh, Marshall Henderson. Marshall Henderson. Marshall Henderson, that used to be, that was the land shark. He played in Manhattan one year. Yeah. And uh, so that, now that's the uh, now that's the uh, mascot. They've re- uh, they stopped playing any songs that refer to the word Dixie. Um, and that kind of brings us to the famous alumni. You know, it, it's kind of it was hard for Mitch Palm to pick through the famous alumni because there really just wasn't too many interesting people. <laughs> it was kind of a boring selection. Uh, yeah. The first one I, Mitch Palm's going to bring up is Eli Manning. Um, here's the deal. Give credit. Eli Manning, a couple of Super Bowl victories over the New England Patriots and Tom Brady, got a couple of those trophies, but here's the deal. Um, not as funny as Peyton. Peyton is hilarious. Peyton has the brightest future um, when it comes to life after football. 
And uh, I don't think Eli would have Peyton and Eli without Peyton. There's no doubt about that in my mind. So, uh, in Mitch Palm's uh, computerized mind. Now, the other famous alumni is Kate Jackson. Kate Jackson replaced Farrah Fawcett on Charlie's Angels. But here's the deal. Kate Jackson wouldn't have gotten that job unless Farrah Fawcett thought she was too good for Charlie's Angels. (laughs) (laughs) Mitch Palm is taking this very serious. I thought also... I thought you were going to say Kate Jackson got kicked off of Charlie's Angels because she said something super racist. I yeah, I just imagine. Uh, <laughs> after crunching the numbers, Mitch Palm didn't come up with that. But, uh, <laughs> All right. Second good, place good. once again. And then you have this ding-dong named Ross Barnett, governor of Mississippi. He was in the Dixiecrats, and he was in this Dixiecrats thing that supportedly uh, supported racial discriminations and, and segregation so screw that guy oh. yeah uh, more racism for Ole Miss here um so Ole Miss let's get to the basketball team here finally I know people have been waiting 10 and 10 on the season they're two and six in big 12 play same record as K-State in the big 12 they've lost five of the last six now big 12 SEC challenge has been quite interesting Ole Miss has not won a game in this challenge they are 0 and six against the big 12 including Two losses to K-State in Manhattan, 2013 and 2016. Uh, K-State won by three and 13, and then by five in 2016. K-State all-time in the challenge is three and five, but they have not won a matchup on the road in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. They lost at Tennessee twice, lost at Texas A&M, and they lost at Alabama two years ago. As you look at these teams on paper, they actually have a couple of things in common. Both K-State and Ole Miss are pretty solid on three-point field goal defense. K-State is still top five in the, in the country. They're number five, 26.6%. Ole Miss is at 31%, 29%. That's how good they are guarding three-point plays. Now, both of these teams are not too bad defensively. As a matter of fact, that's where they would hang the banner on their defensive play. Ole Miss is allowing six threes a game. However, Ole Miss and K-State also have an issue with allowing easy buckets. Buckets inside the three-point arc, two-point shots. Ole Miss is a little bit worse than K-State, though. 52.5% is their two-point defense. K-State is at 50%. So, slight advantage for the Cats. Any questions so far? Anything you guys want to say before I continue? No. I. The only player I've ever known for Ole Miss was... Marshall Henderson. Does yeah. Mitch Palm have any other? Is, has there ever been another like popular player for Ole Miss? Off the top of Mitch Palm's head, I uh, can't think of any. It's going to be somebody but. weird, like you know Sidney <laughs> Moncrief or something. Go ahead, sorry, go ahead. The Rebels are shooting right now thirty-seven percent from the field, but the thing is. They are um, – I've lost my spot here. I'm sorry. i, I got to kind of look back at where I was here. Um, so offensive efficiency for Ole Miss. They were really good against Florida. That's the thing. They are kind of fickle when it comes to their offense, where they shot 52% in the game, but that's very rare. They explode once in a great while. But other than that, they're kind of average, 65 points a game. They shoot about maybe 40%, 40 to 43% a game, and they don't hit a lot of threes in a game. Guard play is very average. Three double-figure players for Ole Miss. They're led by Jarkel Joyner, 13.5 points a game, but he's 35% from three-point range. Not the biggest threat from deep, but he will drive on you, and he will draw some fouls. Now, one thing K-State has to avoid is another guard in Matthew Morrell. He is 
very strong in the first half. He doesn't show up in the second half. That has been consistent throughout SEC play. In the first half, he's averaging nine points, two threes, and shooting 58% in SEC play. But he doesn't do anything close to that in the second half of play. Now, here is the one player of Ole Miss that bothers Mitch Palm the most when it comes to K-State in this game. Nice Brooks. He is their center. Seven foot, ten points, nine rebounds a game. However, what has K-State really struggled with in the last couple of games? Who wants to answer? Who wants to answer this question for me? Oh, boy. What happened? Giving up big leads? Oh, rebounds? Uh, Rebounds. Offensive rebounds. This uh, Brooks guy is second in the SEC in offensive rebounds a game at four, and he also has 24 blocks this season. The bigs have to step up. Do not let him go. He is a strong player. He will battle. He will body you up. He's not afraid to be forceful. K-State cannot struggle with the bigs against just just one guy. Everybody's got to step up between Casey Eziegu, of course, Davion Bradford, and the help of Ish Masood would be great as well. But here, let's really break this down. I mentioned both of these teams are good defensively. Offensively, you know, they're one of the, you know, in both of their leagues, kind of the worst in the Big 12 when it comes to points per game, and also one of the worst in the SEC, their second worst in points per game. But let's keep this in mind. K-State comes from the Big 12. They play some of the best teams, if not it is the group of best teams in the in the in the country. They're first when it comes to best conference in the country if you look at the net rankings. SEC, right now, out of the 14 teams, they're only projected to get six in the tournament out of 14. K-State's projected to get eight out of ten. Ole Miss is struggling in the net ranking. They're 125. K-State cannot afford this loss. All right? They don't really gain a lot from winning it, but from losing this game, it does hurt them, certainly with their status in the tournament. They are 0-6 as Ole Miss against quad one opponents. Ole Miss doesn't have a shot at the next, uh, at the postseason, no shot at the NCAA tournament. K-State at least has an outside shot. They're projected as a bubble team, one of the, like, next four out when it comes to Joe Lenardi. So they have a shot. I would say the magic number is probably eight, uh, or I'm sorry, it was seven. Seven wins for the rest of the year will probably get them in. There's a chance it will. Ken Palm has K-State at a chance of 58% of winning this game, 64-62. Mitch Palm is giving K-State a 62% chance of winning this game. Final score, Cats win in Oxford, 66-60. I'm sorry that was a mess, but Mississippi is a mess, so you get what I'm <laughs> for. You know, you brought up Eli. I'm surprised you didn't bring up his dad. Archie Ooh, played it well, over there. Did Come you, on. Before Mitch Palm's time. Did you know that the speed limits on campus are all 18 <laughs> miles per hour? No. Because that's, that's the... stupid. That's too slow. Wow. That's the uniform Archie wore. Yeah, that's way too slow. That's... <laughs> These guys, man, are making... They're so dumb, they're making me mad. You know, I really hope we... Th- Thump these guys. Uh, Soon K-State will be changing the speed limits to 22. Hey, oh. Oh, there you go. I can deal with that. Hashtag my boy. That's Mm -hmm. right. I guess that should be hashtag Mitch's boy. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's right. Mine and mine only. Yeah, exactly. More on the game coming up. (laughs) 
Troy Coverdale, David G, Mitch Fortner, the gang all, well, okay, two-thirds of the gang is here. <laughs> Sage, of course, behind the glass, but yeah. Mitch onside him, McPherson. We didn't get the chance to dig into this but I yesterday, but let's touch on it today. And Mitch, you brought up the number a moment ago as part of the discussion on Mitch Palm. Seven wins. Seven wins. Can K-State get that mark? in the remainder of this college basketball season and put themselves into the NCAA tournament. Seven wins. Given what the Big 12 schedule is, I have a tough time feeling confident. What about you, Mitch? Uh (laughs) I'm optimistic. You know, I'm optimistic. I, I will say that, and I don't like, you know, you, you still got to play in Lawrence. You still got to play at home against Baylor. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's obviously a tough road ahead, but it doesn't feel as tough. You, you played your two games against Texas. Um, seven isn't impossible. With the seven wins, you get to eight in conference play. Eight and ten is should be enough to get into the NCAA tournament. And what helps is everybody's in, you know, the top 65 or whatever when it comes to the net rankings. So anything you get on the road is a quad one victory, except for the Ole Miss game. And I was mostly everything at home would also be quad one, if not quad two. But a lot of these teams are, you know, top 30. So you got a lot of quad one still on the table. So there's still an opportunity for K-State to build a really tough uh, resume, even though they have struggled and they, you know, 17 wins, it doesn't seem that mu- like that much, but it would get K State definitely at least to Dayton, in my opinion. Like, that has to be a decent enough resume to get K State to Dayton in the first four. It, it doesn't seem like that's a glorious thing to happen. NIT, at the very least, if you get to those eight wins in conference play, but if if Joe Lenardi is projecting the Big 12 to get eight teams, mm-hmm. you don't have eight teams without somebody that has a losing record in the Big 12. That's eight a, ten is just barely losing. That That's a, an amazing point that the Big 12 is at this year, especially when you consider that the ACC is down so much this year. The Big 10 is weak in terms of the caliber of basketball this year. Pac-12? Huge question marks going into the turn. The, the the Big 12 by far and away has the class. And for it to mean that a team that is under 500 at the end of the season in conference play could make the tournament is something that, well, has been fought against for so long. It's hard to believe that it's going to happen, but yet it could very well happen, and it, it could very well be this K-State team. Uh, it, it, it really is unbelievable where we are this year in terms of the state of college basketball. If, if K-State's going to lose any more games this year, you better hope it's against teams um, that are, you know, top 15 in the net. You know, Kansas, Baylor, like those kind of teams. Other than that... Um, you don't want to lose to Oklahoma State. You don't want to lose to TCU. Iowa State hasn't lived up to its pre, uh, its non-conference hype. And, you know, down the stretch, you still have to play Texas Tech and Oklahoma again. 
So you've, you still have to play in, in Lubbock, and that's going to be a tough game. There's no easy ones in this conference. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss is a must win. Absolutely. Ole Miss, you cannot. I mean, that's going to really hurt K-State, I think, if they lose that game on the road in Oxford to a 500 SEC team. So I, I still think if you get to eight wins in the conference, that that's postseason. Absolutely. Um, despite K-State having a close to 500 record. Like, if K-State finishes – you know, the regular season, 17-13, it's hard to imagine a team like that getting into the tournament, but it does happen. That is a bubble team. That's the definition of a bubble team, sliding in and getting one of the last at-large opportunities to play in the tournament. And this is, I mean, it still stems from the storyline. Where does Bruce Weber, how successful does the team have to be for Bruce Weber to coach next season? Postseason, I think it's postseason or die. You know, and I don't know. Yeah. Kellis said a couple of weeks ago he felt like NIT – would still keep Bruce Weber around. And I don't know about that. I don't think that there would be too much, too many fans upset by that result. Nobody's going to be satisfied with NIT. That, that, that just isn't on the table, especially after two losing seasons after a Big 12 championship. That's not enough after three years removed from a championship. Let me know where I come from in this viewpoint or where my viewpoint is as it pertains to the state of K-State basketball. I am someone who believes that this is a program that should be in the NCAA tournament every year. I don't think that it should be a a sitting here and going as we enter the final weekend of January, okay, we've got to win seven games yet and scratch and claw and hope. I'm someone who is of the mind that we should be a much better program than where we sit as it pertains to getting into that tournament. It's 68 teams. You're in a Power 5 conference. It, this this should not be a one out of every three year or one out of every four years deal at all with this program. That's for teams in the Missouri Valley Conference. <laughs> that That's, you know, we're, we're not these teams... Like say, for example, the my friends in the, you know, in the Big Sky, where you have one team that makes it, and that's it. No, we're in a Power Five conference, one of the best Power Five conferences, and yet we struggle to get into the turn. It makes no sense to me. Crazy. It irritates me, and it, it it's just it's maddening. And yet here we sit again. Well, gee, are we going to make it for this one year in what three again? Again. It's just like you see the national pundits saying they're going to send eight teams from the Big 12. How are we not in there? Right. Give me a break. It, it should be a gimme. Yeah. But instead, we're sitting at two and five in conference. Yeah. Ugh. That's frustrating. I'm well, glad Mitch is uh, – I'm glad he's well, looking up and because <laughs> I'm just not. Go ahead, Mitch. Sorry, but – well, let's just let's just keep this clear, though. The reason K State is in contention for NCAA tournament is because the rest of the conference is good. Yeah, K State is is ten and nine, but the rest of the conference has been really tough. And because of the strength of schedule and because of the net ranking that a lot of the rest of the Big Twelve has, thankfully K State has beaten a couple of those teams, and it got them a couple of quad one victories, and it launched them into the top sixty five. Thank to, thanks to the Big 12 for the rest of the conference being tough for K-State even having an opportunity to be in this spot because if it was projected that the Big 12 would be a six-team opportunity oh. at the NCAA tournament, 
guess what? I'm sorry, K State. Your yeah, your your dreams have run short <laughs> of getting to the NCAA tournament. There's no chance at that point. I think it. Well, I mean, there's still be a chance, but you wouldn't have as much of a, a an opportunity like a window to slide in there. You, you would not have any opportunities to lose a game. You would have to really impress down the stretch. Meanwhile, K-State can still afford a couple of losses except to Ole Miss and get in the tournament. I also, You can also not lose, uh, lose to Oklahoma State no. in the two games you still have to play. No, and you've got TCU in front of you still as well. And, you know, there, there's a prime one to be able to slip a victory from. West Virginia is a prime one to slip a victory from, especially as badly as they're shooting the basketball now. So there's a couple that are out there, but it's, uh, it, I just, it, they're, they're, I'm frustrated that here we are again. You know, it, we should be expecting K State at least in that top six every year, but we can't seem to no. get there. And I, I uh, other than the once in an occasion where we win the title, we've got to do better. Got to do better. Way better. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, seven wins. It will be an interesting ride down the stretch. So 17 and 13 would be that record. And I, I still kind of like, I, I, I wouldn't call it a magic number. I called it a magic number earlier, like I'm like it's the Royals <laughs> and trying to, you know, get a, get a wild card spot or whatever. You know, that, that would mean K-State would have to win, you know, seven more games. That's six left in the conference to get to the eight wins in, in Big 12 play. That, that's still in, it, it doesn't feel like enough but it does feel like enough at the same time it would be coming down to selection sunday and fingers crossed the cats get in but there's also those that don't want bruce sticking around so they don't want casey to win and not get in so i guess for them you know and i don't like that kind of stuff but some some fans want casey to lose and bruce weber would be out so depending on who you are i'll just give you that number then eight big 12 wins is the number Anything that or over, you're probably in. Under that, NIT maybe. Oof. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> well, it's a step forward, but, <sighs> yeah. You know what doesn't suck? The number one song of the day? That would be correct. Yeah! We've got a good one on a Friday coming up. Lucy Lou. Interesting that Mitch brought up Kate Jackson and the Charlie's Angels. Different Charlie's Angels mentioned by Destiny's Child in Independent Women. Yes. Man, Destiny's Child, uh, as the kids would say and as Mitch would say, uh, used to slap back in the day, man. They were some talented young ladies. Uh, And then, of course, Queen Bee in the middle of there. I mean, it's just weird. It's like watching Michael Jordan and North Carolina. You know what I mean? Where you're like, this is before he really got to where he is, you know? And it's just weird to watch her in a group, but she still just outshone everybody. I mean, she was such a talent. 
and is yet, a dominant. And yet the group was pretty good. So you're saying oh. Kelly Rowland was James Worthy. <laughs> yeah. And then the other girl was uh, Purvis uh, Ellison. <laughs> he was Louisville. Okay. So, my bad. My bad. Right. My bad. My bad. American Girl Group, whose final and best-known lineup was Beyonce, Kelly Rowland, Michelle Williams. Oh, that gal. She was the gal that fell. Yeah. There's a of her just totally falling on the other. Disney Channel's, you can tell that they are so disciplined because they just kept going. <laughs> they just looked at her like, oh, she broke her neck. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> broke up officially in 2006 after beginning performing in 1990. They've reunited several times, including Beyonce's 2013 halftime performance at the Super Bowl. That was wild. And 2018 Coachella. Yeah. Independent women spent 11 weeks at number one. Part of Destiny's child run of selling more than 60 million records worldwide. Um, Is that good? This was the third of their four number ones. Man. 13 top 40 hits. 13 top 40 hits off five albums. That's a great... That's a run. Yeah. That's a... Which is what prompted Billboard to rank them as the ninth most successful artist or band of the 2000s. Oh, wow. That's good. Good company. I... Still, I Say My Name is the one that... Oh, boy. I love that song. And then Bills, 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 too. They... uh, Man, that was a good one. Let's just go ahead and go th- uh, through the whole discography. Beyonce came up with the song after an argument with her then boyfriend. Whoa. Thought to herself, I don't need a man. I'm independent. Dang. I don't need a man. I just sold 60 million records. Why do I want to listen to this guy who is not selling 60 million records? With that, went into a studio on her own, recorded the vocals for the first version promoting female independence both financially and relationally. Yeah. By the way, the reference to the Charlie's Angels, well, that was the 2000 movie. Yeah. Charlie's Angels with Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Cameron Diaz at the height of her run. Mm-hmm. And Lucy Liu. Yeah. Who still kicks ass in whatever she does. Absolutely. You know what's funny is they were like, hey, uh, this song's really successful. You know how we can make $600 million on it? Is if you just whisper Charlie's Angels to the start of it. And what we'll do is we'll go into Adobe you know, Adobe Audition and we'll just kind of throw it in there. And we're going to make a buttload of money. And they did. Because Charlie's Angels, when that movie came out, man. That was one of those that was like Burger King was having specials. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. And yet it was an essential flop. <laughs> In terms of caliber of movie, mm. it was bad. It's not that great. It, it was bad. Yeah. yeah Drew, Drew Barrymore as an action hero just doesn't cut it. Nah. Cameron Diaz, no, she's not an action hero either. No, they, they're, they're better off in comedy. Yeah, and that's what it really amounts to. It's just be a comedy. <laughs> you know, they all got chops. They all have acting chops. But it's like just kicking people in the head. Come on. Which I think is why this song got drawn into the 2000 Stinkers Bad Movie Awards for Worst Song. What? Was nominated. 
Who? The Raspberries? Yeah, the Stinkers bad movie. Oh my, the Stinkers are a stinker if you think this song sucks. Billboard named the song number 77 on their 100 greatest girl group songs of all time. This song is awesome. 18th most successful song of the 2000s on the Hot 100 of the decade. Whoa. Okay. Beyonce, man. She just knows a hit, man. Okay, Troy? She just knows how to hit a rate of hit. Troy. Sick of it, man. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of explaining to you. <laughs> Beyonce. You don't have to explain that to me, man. <laughs> Come on. And and then turns around and, and marries the Kata himself. Absolutely. I mean, that is a person that Beyonce can get into a discussion about stuff. You know, like the guy that she got in an argument with, like this, whoever this boyfriend was, who was obviously nobody. How can you even say anything to her besides, yes, ma'am, how would, no problem, I'll do that as soon as possible. How, how <laughs> would you like to be that ex? That's your claim to fame for the rest of your life. Like, oh yeah, I dated Beyonce, she wrote independent uh, women about me. Because I tried to tell her what to do. <laughs> Is that Some is that a claim sword. to fame or a uh, claim to infamy? Infamy. <laughs> and people go, you because everybody's like, you didn't just do whatever she asked you to yeah. do. Here's your sign. Oh God! Idiot. Ask us anything when we continue on the game. You've got to groove tonight. It's Friday. Yes, sir. It's finally the weekend. I feel like this week was a long one, and here we are. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna responsibly crush tonight. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. And that means, uh, well, now that I'm a father, it's two beers, and I'm like, <laughs> it's so weird, man. You get old quick. It sucks. One one of the realities of moving back to your college town when you're 50, <laughs> you are not going to Aggieville the way that you used to. Not, no. They're like, people, when they see somebody older, they go, are we in trouble? <laughs> you know, you go, no, I'm here to party. Oh, hey, today, uh, today's Ask a K-Rocker, we asked this morning earlier, uh, what is something no matter... How many times somebody sits you down and explains it to you, you just can't wrap your mind around. Uh, for me, it's NFTs. I My mind just is, I don't know. My eyes glaze over, and I'm just like, yeah, sounds good. Mm. So good luck with that. Yeah, NFTs would have to have to be in there. That and crypto. I, I, on, honestly, there is a discord that i'm on and they have a section for tech nerds <laughs> and some of what they dig into is just way over your head. you know i think i'm pretty decent at handling what i do computer wise but boom it's, <laughs> hey, for, forget it oh boy and you don't Try, even want to ask questions especially when they get into coding oh yeah no no stay away sage you got anything uh for me it's anything involving heavy math so like algebras i can't do any of those like the college algebras (laughs) just regular algebra i was never good at that brutal where you're like can you just give me a c or a d and i'll just get out of your way Yeah, we're not we're not even going to talk about biology lab over it no no oh um if you had to binge watch your parents favorite show what would it be right now my mom is weirdly into the show called mom 
Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, she loves that show. Every time I go to her house, she's watching that show. It's weird. Um. Uh, no, actually, I kind of grew up having to been to watch rodeos whenever they were on TV. Oh, wow. Because of Dad. Dang. If it was National Finals Rodeo time, boom, that thing had to be on. Wow. Rodeos. Um, they, I'll tell you the, the one that he does binge watch that draws Mom's biggest complaints. Maybe not so much now that he's given up his license. Deer hunts. Oh, he's big he on... Used to, he used to watch deer hunting on the outdoor channels. She'd come in the living room and go, oh my God. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. That's hilarious. I'll have to tell you about the time that I opened the garage door, girlfriend at the time in hand, opened the garage door, and there's a uh, dressed deer hanging in the garage. You're like, we're not psychos. <laughs> Sage, explain that one. So for me, my dad watches just a lot of sitcoms, yeah. and I grew up watching them too. But with my mom, my mom's favorite show is my favorite show, which oh. is Survivor. Oh, <laughs> I've been to watch that yeah. show all the time. Have you talked to Mitch? Mitch is We've like talked a little bit, okay. but like not super extent. We need to get together and just you kind of strategize, and man. Because Mitch is trying to get on there. We gotta get. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I've oh sent in God. a couple of audition tapes before. So wow. Okay, so my wife actually she made it to the second part, oh, but so nothing lucky. nothing came of it. So, uh, what is uh, the worst concert you ever went to? Um, I caught my favorite band in the entire world. I caught the Deftones at the end of a some of a spring and summer long tour, and they were like, bye. <laughs> I mean, they played for like half an hour. They said, see you later. We're out of here. It was awful. Skillet. Skillet. Oh, Skillet. By far and away. I don't know Skillet very well, but this Skillet comes up a lot. <laughs> I'm going to check this Skillet out. Sage, you got any? Um, not any you, that were terrible. Like, I've been to only a few concerts. Right. Like, not really anything. And you know, you go to the Kansas State Fair, you go to those... <sighs> crappy content. You're going to get what you get at <laughs> exactly. that one. Yeah. Um, that, uh, also, one more, one more. Um, what did you have to have? You had to buy it, and now you never use it. Uh, for me, I needed a walk to make some uh, some Chinese food for my wife, and I had to have it, and now it just sits on top of the refrigerator. <laughs> it's collecting dust. Hmm... Hmm. Is there anything? There, there are too many gadgets in my home <laughs> that could probably fall into that category. Babe! It starts a babe, I gotta have it! Right? <laughs> I and just gotta! Mean, meanwhile, you know, they're sitting in boxes from three moves ago. Whoops. <laughs> we moved, babe. Oh, boy. Downsize, downsize, downsize <laughs> takes its toll on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, folks, have a great weekend. We'll talk uh, K-State basketball on Monday again. Let's hope for the best on the weekend for both teams. Yes. Get out and support the Lady Cats tomorrow night Absolutely. at Ramlage.